Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. Need a place to talk sports? You've come to the right place. CBS Sports Radio. Live from Milwaukee, it's Bart Winkler. Good evening, everybody. I am Bart Winkler. David Shepard alongside with us for the duration, of course. Marco Belletti on the updates. And as always, happy to have you, however you're listening, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, podcast form. You can podcast us. Uh, it could be It could be Saturday right now in your life. It could be Sunday. It could be the year 2028, and this could be the last piece of media you're consuming before the robot invasion. So however and whenever and wherever you're listening to us, we appreciate that. Um, We're going to talk NFL tonight, okay? We have wanted to dig into some of these games, to predict some of these games. We have wanted to talk about some of these games. There's a lot of weird kind of things going on. This I think this NFL weekend's either going to be very chalk in terms of all right, they were the home team, they got a win, Kansas City, Buffalo, Dallas, maybe even Tampa Bay, there's some turmoil going on with the Eagles. We're going to try to figure out or I think there is a recipe for chaos. I think there is a recipe for things to get wild this weekend. This is a season where if you were to rank like the quality of play in the NFL, I don't know that it was an above average season. I, I I mean, the quality of play in the NFL this season, there were a lot of backup quarterbacks. Uh, there were a lot of uh, games that were not that interesting. There were a lot of bad teams. What happened was a lot of bad teams were still alive at the end of the season, so the month of December was pretty cool. You had a lot of good games and a lot of games that matter, but there were three straight Saturdays. And again, Pittsburgh, I mean, I don't know what to think of your team coming in this weekend, but we got three straight Saturdays where the Pittsburgh Steelers were on a national audience, clawed their way into the playoffs, got bailed out from a weird Jacksonville loss and really a weird Jacksonville end of the season. And I mean, I, you're going to, you're going to quiz me on him. I'm going to say that was a six win team. Nope. They they won enough to get in the playoffs. There's just a lot of teams that have won 9 or 10, 11 games that look like 6, 7, or 8-win teams. 
but they are in the playoffs. And so with all that being said all season, I don't know entirely what the gap is between a lot of these teams. I think the teams that got the buys, the Ravens and the Niners, those are the elite teams. Those are the elite teams. Those are the good teams, even. I think the Cowboys can be a very good team, but I'm, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Green Bay went in there and won. I think the Bills can be a very good team, but will the weather play an impact and will they continue to fall short in the postseason? I think the Eagles were a really good team and they just seem like, I mean, they just seem like they did. They were 10 and 0 and lost one game and then said, yeah, maybe next year. I mean, what, what was the, was, was the goal 17 and 0? Cause they've been playing like after that, they had nothing to play for. Even the games they won were, were kind of sketchy. Um, so they were a really good football team, lost some games and it's just going to be a very interesting weekend, and I can't wait to dive into it. I can't wait to watch these games, uh, enjoy these games. I am blessed to have every available channel that I need to watch these games because I am a cable TV subscriber, and I already subscribed to Peacock because I'm a WWE fan. And I'm also a fan of the 80,000 other hours of sports news and entertainment that I can get on there for the low, low price of five ninety nine per month. So check it out if you haven't. I will continue to advocate for another streaming service. I would do the same if it was, I think, Paramount Plus is in the family. I would do the same. ESPN Plus, I would do the same. Look, I'm going to pay 6 bucks for a football game. But actually, I'm not because I'm already watching it. And I already have it. But had they say, uh, had they say, hey, 6 bucks to watch a game, I'd say, okay, well, why don't you give me 12 I'll, I'll pay you 12 and cover the next one when you inevitably do it. So we'll see. We'll see how many people tune in. We'll see how many people kind of try to take a stand. I think there's a lot of playoff matchups this weekend. There's six games, but really there's seven matchups. The seventh one being the consumer versus the league and trying to see if we're actually going to pay for this service. So we could talk about that throughout. We are going to, and I'll do this now, and then I don't have any plans to do it the rest of the show um, because it's kind of been the whole week. So if anybody calls in later and is really itching to talk about Alabama or New England or Jim Harbaugh or Pete Carroll, uh, we will entertain the call. We will discuss the topic. I don't have any plans to necessarily bring it up again because it's just been a long week of uh, talking about coaches. And while it's been, I think, fun to do that and entertaining, uh, while I've talked about a buffet a lot with the kind of topics we cover, you know, I just went up and got, you know, four hamburgers. Um, I want a piece of chicken now, or I want some lasagna, or I want something else. And also, there's six playoff games this weekend, so definitely want to talk about that. But there was some news, which the the news of the hiring for both of the hirings we saw today, the news of the hirings wasn't as, like, I don't think it was as impactful of the news of the departures. And maybe that'll change if Bill Belichick goes somewhere. Um, but I still think the Bill Belichick departure is a bigger story than the Bill Belichick uh, hiring. It's going to be ripe for questions and intrigue, but he left the place he was for 24 years. And then the hire, I, I don't want to say it was anticlimactic. They hired Gerard Mayo, who had played with them. 
uh, coached with them the last four years. They reworked his contract. So essentially, there was a clause in it. And you have to get NFL approval to do this because otherwise they'd have to interview people. And they've done this with GMs in the past, uh, a coach here and there. But basically, you can write in the contract, this guy's our successor. And that was the language in there, and we didn't know about it. So that adds a wrinkle, too, because this whole time that Bill Belichick was coaching and Robert Kraft was being asked questions and we were trying to figure out what was going to happen, it wasn't just a decision for Robert Kraft to say, do I move on from Bill Belichick and go to the next thing? He knew what the next thing was. So he could have been floating around the facility, watching how uh, Mayo interacted with players, said, maybe I'd rather have that right now. You know, you already know the next guy, but Belichick, this is a guy that Belichick, um, you know, drafted. There's a very interesting um, chart out there. I think he's drafted more coaches, three, than 1,000-yard receivers and two. I think that was the comparison. But he, uh, because he drafted uh, Mayo, O'Connell, another obvious one that I'm not thinking of, uh, Vrabel. And he... um, you know, must have agreed to this and must have known the whole time, too, that that Mayo was going to take over. And maybe Bill saw it. Maybe Bill saw, you know, I can get a job somewhere else. This guy's ready. I'm. It's just not working for me anymore. Also, my quarterbacks are terrible. I'll let him get a uh, try at it. And also, I'm under contract for another year. Would it be best for me? Would it be best for the team? Would it be best for anybody? We've got a top three pick. Am I drafting a quarterback now when I know that I'm not going to be around for the long term? Why should I impart a year of my wisdom on him and then make him learn a completely different thing? Sure, it's the same kind of system. It's the same kind of, I guess, philosophy. It's the Patriot way. And that's why I say it's anticlimactic. I mean, it's a big deal for Gerard Mayo, and it's a big deal for the Patriots. It's just, it's kind of like, he was the guy that was the odds-on favorite. There was a little intrigue in Vrabel, but this was the guy who's been there. This was almost now, looking back, the obvious candidate. So that's why I say anticlimactic. I'm not trying to diminish the uh, achievement or the hiring at all. I'm just saying it doesn't pack a big punch because it's not like they didn't take anybody from another team. They didn't take anybody from the college ranks. They promoted an assistant who they had been building up to take over the job. So a little anticlimactic. That, that's all. That's not a big deal. The Alabama job is a little more interesting. The uh, athletic director there and everybody in charge at Alabama, you know, Nick Saban, I'm not sure he gave them quite the heads up that Bill Belichick had given New England. So all of a sudden Alabama's got to figure out, well, what do we do? And the players were addressed. And they said, give us 72 hours, we'll get another guy in here. And there were a lot of top names being floated out. And I think that really provided the opportunity for people that didn't have interest in the program or maybe had a little interest in the program but realized they were better off staying in their program. Dan Lanning, the big example. I don't think Dan Lanning immediately saw that this job was open and said, Nah, I'm staying at Oregon. I'm sure there was at least a conversation, if not with another actual human being, with himself, you know, with with the mirror. There had to be some thought of, well, play it out here. If I take this job, what happens? But then he quickly, 
after reports that he was already landing and maybe drafting up a deal, he quickly said, I'm staying. If you're worried about your coach staying, come here. Because I am staying. The grass is not greener. Come play at Oregon. And he used this opportunity as a way to maybe boost the kind of excitement, not just with Oregon players, but people who may have been thinking about committing to Oregon. That's the thing. If you're with any of these programs, and that's really when we talk about NIL and Transfer Portal, which sometimes we just lump them into one. They're different things, but we lump them into one thing. Um, If the coach can have the opportunity to bolt right after he loses a national championship game, I think the players should as well. So that, I think, is, is a good part of it. And now... If you're wondering about Oregon, you don't have to. You're you're reconfirmed with uh with the coaching staff. Shep, I'm I'm like hiding a cough here. So I need you to speak. Gotcha. Well, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, Bart. I am over this. I'm, co- I'm, I'm trying as I, hard as I, I can I, to I, like see, I no, I, I you know what? I, I realized there was some hesitation there, but sometimes when you really like dig into a thought uh you slowed down even more and so i didn't want to step on your toes there yeah. which is why i didn't interfere <laughs> i will say i'm because I, t- I tend i tend not to do like the long i am bart i am completely over all this crap i am so tired of talking about all these coaching changes they make no sense to me and i think it's thematic of honestly owners not realizing how good they freaking have it and then the NIL basically pushing out the greatest college coach we've had in our lifetime prematurely, um, again, because of NIL. What I'm really curious about, and I'm going to pivot here for a second, yeah. is did you see what happened in Chicago tonight? Did you hear about that? Uh, where they booed Jerry Krause's wife? Is that despicable? See, that to me, being a guy in the Midwest, and I know there's so much football to get to, I'm curious— if you're going to comment on that, because I'm because to me, you guys are supposed to be nicer than us in the, in the Northeast, right? And I'm talking in generalities here. I can't believe somebody passed away. His wife is there for what is going to be the greatest moment of her husband's career, deceased and all, and she gets booed by the Chicago fan base as if he had nothing to do with six NBA titles, as if the Chicago Bulls have been great in the post-Michael Jordan slash Jerry Krause days. I am embarrassed for the people in the city of Chicago right now. Well, I just don't think you boo a widow. Right. So even if, even like, even if you despise Jerry Krause, uh, he's not there. And it's his wife. Um, because right. he's dead. Right. I mean, did he not sign, did he not, like, Signed Tony Kukoc? Did he not give you Bill Wennington? Did he not give you Luke Longley? Did he not give you Steve Kerr? Like the guy just. Well, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying he was like the perfect guy, right. but the problem is, the problem is, a lot of these fans that were probably there tonight, what they know about Jerry Krause was not living it the in the '90s. It was watching it was the like, Last well, Dance. That's that's a, that's, that's a great point. And, and speaking of the Last Dance, and this is this is going to which t- he didn't have any opportunity. Right. To defend himself. Do you remember that time in sports radio? Because it was COVID, so it was nothing. Sure. And then it was the last dance. Right. So every one of us, whether it was national radio, 
I mean, Chicago, what a blessing for them. But whether, <laughs> whether it was national radio or any market, any market, any market would try to do some sort of connection. I mean, Bill Wennington had the busiest month of his life during COVID. You got that right. He was nice enough to come on with me. He's a, he's a yeah. great guy. But, but Bart, kind of like full circle here is the thing I'm most disappointed about when it comes to all these coaching changes and Gerard Mayo, you know, I'm sure he's going to be fine. Uh, you know, DeBoer, I'm sure he's going to be fine. He did a great job in Washington and all that. But I, I just wish, like, we got a last dance with some of these legends. And they are legends. Uh, we throw that term loosely in sports. Nick Saban, Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll. Uh, one is definitely done coaching. I think two might be. I'd like to see Carroll get back in it. I know he's, stay, you know, he's staying in Seattle for now. I'd like to see him still coach Bart. I think he has a little left in the tank, to be honest with you. Um, so I, I, I think that's why I feel robbed right now. I think that's why I feel so deflated about all this. Because I, didn't, I, I personally, as a sports fan, didn't really get a chance to uh, say goodbye to Nick Saban, Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick. And I know Belichick we all kind of knew and saw coming. But we still didn't get that, that kind of last you know, season farewell with all three of them. And I'm disappointed about that. Okay, um, even though I said I was only going to talk about coaching for one segment <laughs> and my body is trying to cut it off at half a segment, I want to dig in more to that thought that you have. Good. So table that. Deal. Uh, and I want to bring that back up in a few minutes. We are going to talk some football with a guest here shortly. But first, let's get uh, Michael's in Alabama. Michael, a chance for your thoughts quick. Kalen DeBoer, the new coach at Alabama. Welcome aboard. We just, when he gets down here and gets situated, we have a way of kicking his oil, and he'll be kicked. Um, what? Michael, turn the radio down, please. I told you that oh, before. All right. Thank you. Okay. What did you say? I said, I'm, we'll see what he's got when he gets down here to Alabama Hall and uh, Coach Saban. And his wife has did so much for the state of Alabama, and not only Tuscaloosa, Alabama football, but for the whole state and for the uh, Southeastern Conference. And I thank him for what you've done, and I'll never forget the memories as he left on the field, of course. See, see Michael's with me. He, he believes Saban did deserve a, a farewell season. I'm with you, Michael. And, All right. Uh, yeah. I, I thank him for what he's done, and we'll just see what we got in a year or two. Well, you got a coach, Michael. Thanks for the call. That is a proven winner. Um, but then it's the old question, can you win in the SEC? So there's a couple of things here that we will get back to, uh, lungs permitting. I'm not a smoker or anything. Um, I, I don't know what that was. Um, but I was really I was really struggling. We will. By the uh, way, talk Bart, I'm so sorry. Before. That picture Coaching. of you on Twitter is epic, man. Anybody listening right now, go to Bart Winkler's show. See the circumstances in which he has to host tonight. That's amazing. Oh, I'm broadcasting in the dark. That's no big deal. <laughs> That's amazing. The studio in Milwaukee I'm at, there's a 14-inch snowstorm and, like, all the power's out except for two computer screens. And actually, I got worried because the TV froze, so I don't – I'm, I'm kind of – I don't know. Well, a lot of a lot of things are touch and go tonight, but we'll see. Brian Diardo's joining us. He will do that next. We'll talk some NFL. Finally, preview these football games coming up. CBS Sports Radio. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. 
You're listening to the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio, I am Bart Winkler. David Shepard's here. We got an update from Marco coming up. Join the segment by Brian Diardo. He's with CBS Sports. Covers the NFL. Joining us now. And uh, Brian, okay, so if you have anything like you want to say about Belichick or coaches or whatever, you can now. Otherwise, I'm not going to ask you anything about him. I just want to – we've been talking about it all week. I want to talk about the games. Well, you'll have to fill me in. What happened with Belichick? Did anything happen with him? (laughs) Uh, He he, he had a bad year. I haven't heard after that. Um, I think they have to make a decision on his future or something. But, uh, yeah, he had a bad year. Um, All right. Just let me know when they get to it. Yeah, I I will. will. Uh, A lot of great games this weekend. And I think um, where I want to start is where the – Weekend's going to finish up because uh, apparently A.J. Brown not at practice today with Philly and he's scrubbing his social media, which I think we always react to strongly. And I'm not sure what it means. I feel like this weekend's either going to be very by the book or there's going to be some surprises. And even though Philadelphia is a slight favorite, a lot of people are going to look at them and say, what a complete and utter disaster they have been and maybe side with Tampa Bay. The problem with me there is I don't know that Tampa Bay is that good either. They had a chance two weeks ago to get in, and they blow it against the Saints, and then they barely get by Carolina. For as messed up as Philly is, I still think they got at least one win in them in these playoffs. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And, yeah, it's, it's great to be on with you guys. Um, and I agree. This could be a very you know by-the-book kind of postseason or – like you said, I mean, that, and that's the parody of the NFL, right? That, that's what they want. They want everything to be nip and tuck and close. But I agree. You know, if you just look at on paper, you know, like the Eagles have the 30th-ranked scoring defense. The Buccaneers have the 7th-ranked one. The Eagles' offense without A.J. Brown or, or whatever's going on with him, that's certainly troublesome. But to your point, they did just get to a Super Bowl. They still have Jalen Hurts. They have a Pro Bowl running back in DeAndre Swift. They have one of the – greatest centers of all time and Jason Kelsey, I would imagine this might be his swan song. Um, so yeah, I could absolutely see them eking out a win, but I would imagine that they're going to have to put up points to do that or Baker Mayfield, uh, gets flustered. And, and when you can fluster Baker Mayfield historically is when you can have success against him. But if he gets in rhythm early, gets Godwin and, and I mean, Mike Evans, I mean, what a season that guy had with a contract year and everything. I mean, uh, what a tremendous player that guy is. But, uh, yeah, I can absolutely see Philly winning this game if, if they can fluster Baker early and then they can get Swift going in the running game. But, but yeah, I mean, uh, Tampa has been kind of a – that whole division has just been, you know, obviously we knew it wasn't going to be good and that's what ended up shaping out. But, yeah, it looks not great for Philadelphia, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if they get out of this weekend with the win. I think when it comes to the other NFC games, uh, there's a couple interesting ones, obviously, with Green Bay who – used to just get dominated by the Cowboys in the 90s. Actually has had their number since and has not lost, including the Super Bowl, in that building that they're going to play in this weekend. Um, And then you have the Rams with the whole Stafford-Goff kind of storyline there. Uh, I'm not saying that the Packers are going to upset the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are just strong enough to get it done. But, you know, if Aaron Jones gets going and if Jordan Love plays as good as he's been, I still worry about the Packers' defense there. The Rams, I think, is going to be kind of a popular upset pick, too. But I don't know that Detroit waste their uh, first home game in so many years, their first playoff appearance in so many years, 
Do you think that either game is ripe for an upset or one more ripe than the other? Now, I have a one-year-old, so I might be sleep-deprived right now, but I am not ruling out Green Bay. Like, I'm not. <laughs> like, they have the 10th-ranked scoring defense. Uh, Aaron Jones is coming off three straight 100-yard games. And Jordan Love, I've been really I've been impressed with him. I mean, he had those two interceptions late against the Steelers midseason, and, but I think he's grown from those things. I think his growth this season, I think it's been one of the more underrated storylines of the year. And I'm honestly kind of surprised by it. Like, I remember Rodgers' first season when he replaced Favre in 08, and, like, he was praised that season for everything he did, and he had a good season. But Green Bay was, like, 6-10 and 10 that year. You've got Love, who helped Green Bay make the playoffs. He doesn't have any great receivers. And I feel like people are just kind of sweeping it under the rug. Um, and I think he does a great job spreading the ball around. Again, that defense is very bend but not break. Um, and they have no pressure on them. And I think that that is real in the NFL, especially when you get into the playoffs. Like, all the pressure's on Dallas, all of it. They haven't been to an NFC title game since I was in fourth grade. So uh, it's been a long time, and I absolutely could see them pulling up. But I will say this. This is where Dallas needs to get the running game going. If Green Bay has one weakness, they're near the bottom of the league in rush defense, and Tony Pollard's been hot and cold, and Dallas hasn't been like many teams. Uh, They are too often not committed to the running game. So if I'm Dallas, I'm running the ball, and I'm going to force the Packers to stop it, and that should open up things for the passing game. Uh, but I think, uh, yeah, I, I certainly, and I obviously think the Rams can win. I mean, Detroit's defense actually hasn't been very good this season, and they're facing a borderline Hall of Fame quarterback who has two really good receivers, so and Kyron Williams. So I think both of the road teams could win. But I wouldn't be shocked if Green Bay pulled out an upset. It's Bar Winkler Show. We're talking with Brian Diardo here, CBS Sports Radio, Odyssey app, Sirius XM across the country. Of course, as we're all going to be glued into these games this weekend, uh, should we decide to spend $6 on an app, which provides a lot more <laughs> than just the football, I will say again. But with the with the AFC, and I'll ask you a broad question, because you can look at, I think, every matchup with the teams and what we know about the teams, but it's really hard for me to definitively say anything about any game. You've got uh, C.J. Stroud, who's been playing well, but this Joe Flacco thing, I really can't. Like we would be, we would be robbed as fans if it doesn't end with him going back to Baltimore. So that that has to happen. And then the weather in the two other uh, cities, Kansas City, gonna be so cold. Buffalo gonna be so much snow. I'm just having a hard time. If you were to ask me, what game are you the most confident in? I would say, well, I'll tell you what, I've got Brian Diardo on tonight. I will ask him, and then I will answer your question. Yeah. Well. And again, uh, you know, the NFL, right when you think you know everything, the opposite happens. It's like that old Seinfeld where George does all the opposite things. So, like, <laughs> I'm pretty confident in him, and, and maybe that's a bad thing. I would be very surprised if Miami wins. Um, they obviously have historically never win in the cold. I think they're, they're – and then they did win in Kansas City New Year's Eve or Christmas Eve 1971, but I'm going back over 50 years to dip that. So I I would be surprised if they won that game just because – they, I mean, they might call one of us to suit up for them if they have any more injuries between now and kickoff. So just keep your, the sound on your phone. Um, so I, I just, and if Mo, I mean, I think Mostert and Water are going to try to give it a go. But even then, I mean, their defense has just lost so many weapons. I mean, Zavian, Zavian Howard's not going to play. I would be very surprised if Kansas. Now again, Kansas City, 
they remind me a lot of the 18 Patriots, which went, they were 11 and five, and they're the team that upset Kansas City and then beat the Rams. But that team, many people were down on. But if you remember in the playoffs, they leaned on the defense, and Brady basically gave the ball to Sony Michelle. He threw it to Edelman and Gronk, and that was it. And I think that's probably going to be the formula for this Chiefs team. It's going to be he's, Mahomes is going to lead on Pacheco, and he's going to throw it to Kelsey. Uh, he's going to lean on his guys, and that defense is second in the league in scoring. And then the Browns, yeah, I mean, I actually hadn't really thought about that. Flacco potentially going back to Baltimore. I wouldn't be as surprised if Houston won that game relative to Miami beating Kansas City, but I would be surprised. I mean, uh, the, the Texans running game hasn't been very good this season, and I think that's going to lead to a lot of third and obvious passing situations for Stroud, which is not good given the fact that the Browns have Miles Garrett. Now, they have some injuries in the secondary of the Browns, but overall, they're, they're a pretty healthy team, especially offensively, and their skill positions, uh, the Browns, is one of the more underrated ones in the playoffs. Uh, and Joku and Cooper and Elijah Moore coming over from the Jets and, and Ford and Hunt. And I think that's why Flacco's had so much success, is that he spreads the ball around. Now, he still makes mistakes. He, he throws the pick every game for the Browns, but they seem to overcome it. Um, if they do lose, it, it could potentially be a bad mistake from Flacco. But I, would, I, just, I think both those teams are going to win. I mean, I would be surprised if Pittsburgh won, uh, especially with you know Gabe Davis being injured and, and the fact that Allen turns the ball over a lot. But man, Mason Rudolph winning a playoff game—that's that. I mean, Joe Flacco's already a stretch at this stage in his life. <laughs> Mason Rudolph and one weekend—I don't know. I don't know if I can be convinced of that. All right, I think that you know the NFL this year has been—I don't know—average. A lot of quarterbacks, average. A lot of play been average. A lot of these teams that. We're fighting for playoff spots. You're like, how are they still alive at this point of the season? But there have been two elite teams, and fittingly, they both have the buys, the Niners and the Ravens. So a lot of people, you fill out a bracket, you just make predictions, you're going to say Niners and Ravens. If there's one team to upset that matchup, to upset what we all think is going to happen, who's the most likely, do you think? And that's a great question. I mean... You, you would have to pick Dallas. You just, you have to when you. When consider... I asked you the question, I was going to say Dallas, and then at the end of it, I was going to say Buffalo, and then right now I'm thinking Chiefs, and then I'm thinking no, well, Dallas again. Like I don't know. Chiefs, Chiefs was my second one. Buffalo to me, I think could be because like I actually looked further into their five game winning streak. I mean, they beat Easton Stick. I think that's his name. I think, and they beat you know, and they beat Jared Stidham, and and then they barely beat a Miami team that didn't have Mostert and Waddle. So, but again, I mean, they they do have a good defense and a good team, so whatever. But yeah, I mean, Kansas City just because of their resume and the fact they have Mahomes in that defense. But to me, there is no next year for Dallas, and I know the Niners are the better team. I think I think if they go to the NFC Championship game and they go down fighting to the to the Niners, I don't think Jerry Jones, who I think if they fall short of that. You can see Bill Belichick going there. there. You can't tell me that Jerry Jones, if he has the chance to hire Bill Belichick, isn't going to do it, right? Like, or at least try to or think about it. Um, and so uh, there, there is no next year for them. They have one of the best defenses in the league. They have the number one scoring offense. This is their best offense they've had since the 1990s. So there is no excuse for them. Um, and so, yes, to your point, I, I think that, that would be the team. Um, the AFC, I don't really see anyone. I mean, except for yeah, Kansas City. Um, uh, but they have to get. They obviously have to get through. You know, Miami, and and, and that that receiving core has to step up. I mean, it, we saw it with Mahomes a couple of years ago in the Super Bowl. He masked that offensive line for a very long time, and then he couldn't against Tampa Bay. He looked like Fran Tarkington that night. 
But, uh, but yeah, I think, I think it's Dallas. And I think that that's one of the reasons why I could see them losing to Green Bay is because of the enormous amount of pressure that's going to be on them every week now in the postseason. So much pressure. Uh, I will talk about that more tonight. This concludes the end of our conversation. Brian, want to thank you for your time. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, enjoy the one-year-old. My kid's four, and I'm already like, ah, I wish you were one again. But then I'm like, no, I don't. But then I'm like, yes, I do. So it, being a dad's messed up. But it's cool, but it's it's a real trip. So enjoy. That, my thoughts exactly. Thank you very much. Great to be on with you. That's Brian Diardo joining us here. CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4227, 855-212-4CBS. Uh, there are just one or two things I need to bring back up and address with Shep. One or, one, one or two things. And then, uh, and then, and then. Well, we just did, though. We just talked some NFL matchups. But, I, I mean, I really want to get into them. I just want to sink my teeth into these matchups. They're so juicy. I just want to eat them all. I just want to, I just want to get into it. We'll do that coming up. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. It's the Bart Winkler Show. Heard nighttime and nationwide Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern and 7 to 10 p.m. Pacific on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio, my name is Bart Winkler. David Shepard's here. And uh, a couple things I want to ask Shep here in a minute. I did see this, too. Not only did Kalen DeBoer leave Washington to go to Alabama, big hire, but now a lot of people are entering the transfer portal, which makes sense, including Will Rogers. Will Rogers? Wasn't he the quarterback at Mississippi State, as a matter of fact? He was. And then he transferred to Washington, and he was going to be the heir apparent to Michael Penix Jr. He was even with the team at the national championship game on the sidelines. And now since DeBoer's out, uh, Rodgers is leaving too. I mean, nice story someday about when he went to the national championship game uh, for a school he was enrolled at for three weeks. He'll be able to transfer and play right away. Um, but just a wild ride. And that's the thing. That's like, that's why players should be able to leave. Cause he came here for this guy. And then that guy leaves. It's like, you wouldn't even think that this guy would leave. You're in the national championship game. What are we building here for next year? You got to be ecstatic. And then you found out Nick Saban, uh, retired. And you're like, Oh, that's crazy. And then Kalen DeBoer goes there and you're like, well, well, that's that changes my trajectory. So that's interesting. We had mentioned earlier that the uh, Bulls, they have a ring of honor now. And they included and honored the 1995-1996 team. However, Jordan wasn't there. Scottie Pippen wasn't there. Dennis Rodman was going to be there, but had weather plans. Uh, they submitted some videos Jordan and Rodman did. Uh, Phil Jackson was there. Uh, Jerry Krause, who was represented by his widow Thelma, was booed at the ceremony and was visibly emotional at the response. Like, Jerry Krause 
again, I didn't grow up like a Bulls fan. I didn't grow up knowing the ins and outs of everything that Jerry Krause did. Um, if you watch the Last Dance documentary, which I kind of did in quotes, because that came out a really interesting and compelling story behind the scenes look at those teams, and that team came out uh, after he had passed away. So everything that was in there about him, he had no chance to rebuttal. And I think there's a lot of people who, if you didn't grow up in that time, your image of Jerry Krause is one thing. And when his widow is there to receive the recognition, she gets booed. Shep, you had asked me, you thought we were nice in the Midwest. And I want to clear that up. I don't necessarily think that we're we're like I, I don't know I don't think that we're nice. It's just that when people from the East Coast come to the Midwest, like what we are is normal. People on the East Coast come here and they you guys are nuts. And then you come here and you're like, oh, these people are like they say hi to a stranger. What? Right, right. That that's what it is. Like, am I am I nice? Yeah, I'll walk by you and say, hey, what's up? And if, oh, you drop your you drop your groceries, I'll help pick them up for you. Oh, young man, could you reach up and get that that the sack of potatoes up there? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But then in the parking lot, if you cut me off, I will lay on the horn until you move. So I we have we have like some nice features, but I wanted to clear that up. Um Bart, so Stacy King. Um, you know, champion with the Chicago Bulls, obviously does a wonderful job on NBC Sports um, Chicago, had a rebuttal for those fans, and it's very strong words regarding that Chicago Bulls fan base. Would you like to hear it courtesy NBC Sports Chicago? What if I was just like, nah? <laughs> well, then I'd be like, all right, you said no, we're not playing it. <laughs> I, I would, You know what, uh, Chef, I would like to hear it, actually, I would. There you go, here we go. I'd like to hear it right now. And of course, as I'm playing it, <laughs> I'd really, I'd like really want to hear it. I know. Of course, it. as I'm playing it, then it freezes. Hold on. Let me, let me, let me get this. Why don't you just tell me the name <laughs> of the movie you want to see? <laughs> Seinfeld. Love it. Okay, here we go. Witness today when Jerry Krause's name was called, and the people that booed Jerry Krause and his widow, who was accepting this honor for him, it was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. I hurt for that lady, brought her to tears, and whoever booed her in this arena should be ashamed of themselves. It was, that's not Chicago, that's New York, Philly. Chicago's not like that. We don't have a reputation of being that way. And whether you like Jerry Krause or not, that man brought six championships here. He didn't shoot a basket, nor did he get a rebound, but he, he put a six he put six titles up in this ring. There's a lot of teams that don't even have one. And that was really classic. And I'm, I was disappointed in the people that booed. It was a sad thing. Left a little bit of a pit in the stomach for what should have been a really celebratory 15, 20 minutes. And that didn't feel right, admittedly. And I'm with you on that, Stace. And Bulls fans are better than that. We, we are better than that. We've never had that situation happen. And I felt so bad for that lady. She's a wonderful lady. And it was just sad to see her breaking down in tears. I just, uh, just wanted to go out there and hug her. So I'm watching the video of her. Um, this is pretty awful. This is pretty awful. Um, this is a like you're not you. So you're booing a picture of Jerry Krause. Though though, if if she wasn't there, okay, uh, yeah. she's there. This is a lady who for the last six years 
has missed the love of her life, has spent, you know, holidays. Every day she wakes up, probably rolls over in bed, thinks, oh, he's still there. Oh, he's not. Walks by his favorite chair, thinks she sees a shadow, thinks she sees a sign. I Like, I, I'm kind of mad, actually. Wow. I'm kind of mad. I don't I don't need to see an a nice elderly lady cry. I mean, she is she is shocked. Yeah, it's that, hard it's hard no. It's this, hard. Is, this is brutal. No, I'm 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 watching the the clip now as we speak. I mean, she she doesn't deserve that. And and Bart, you you hit the nail on the head. You don't you don't boo a widow. Um you can you can have your personal feelings about an individual, but there's a time and place for everything. And you don't boo someone when they're in the grave when a family member is showing up in an elderly state and celebrating the, their, their love lost one. However you feel about Jerry Krause. You know, listen, this isn't Bernie Madoff. This isn't, uh, you know, Harvey Weinstein. This isn't Bill Cosby. I mean, individuals that we know have done such harm to countless innocent people. This is someone that disagreed with Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson on how to go about preserving that team in the late 90s. That's why people are critical of him. That's why people are booing him when he is in the ground, when his wife in an elderly state is there celebrating his life and his legacy. That's a horrible look for the franchise. And it's not lost on me that they lost when they were up big in the second half against the Warriors. Yeah, that's really gross. I mean, I don't need to grandstand anymore, um, but I – I don't know. I mean, you see, like, you, you see you see people who have lost loved ones and try to continue to go on in their life, especially at a certain age, and it's like your whole world is upside down. It's like imagine living with, I, I, I mean, I can't. It's, I, it's really gross. I, I, but I don't, what are you going to do? You're going to get every, you're going to get every Bulls fan to apologize? No, everyone there will be like, oh, yeah, that was gross. They won't admit that they did it. And maybe it was just a reaction. Maybe maybe some fans didn't know she was there, but I don't know, man. They showed her on the Jumbotron. They had to know. Well, they showed the image first and then her. So maybe people weren't even like, maybe maybe people weren't even like, who's that? They just thought it was another angry fan booing. <laughs> I feel terrible for her. Oh, my God. Yeah, I guess, hey, Stacey King's right. We're not, we're not New York. We're not Philly in the Midwest. Somehow we're worse. Oy, oy, oy. CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.